since the fall of man, God has continued to provide us with all that we need to return to him, to be back to that pristine state that we were as Adam and Eve were in the garden, having taken what I call the giant detour. God sends his prophets, he sends the patriarchs, he sends the law, and finally he sends his own son. And through the mercy and the kindness of God, he prepares us for what will be the end of time. The great day of the Lord, the coming of the Lord. And each year we're given this opportunity to focus even more intently upon our own readiness for that event. As we go through all of the events of pre-Lent or the Triodion and Great Lent and Holy Week to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, along the way we come to this Sunday, the Sunday of the Last Judgment, which sounds very fearful, does it not? And, and I think in the minds of our Holy Fathers and Mothers of the Church, in fact, that's what it's intended to do, is to sound fearful to us. Not because God is the God of fear, but because we are sinners. <laughs> because we love ourselves first. Your priest does. And to try to bring us back to a measure of sobriety, a measure of sober living, to, to contemplate that which will be the ultimate consummation of all things. I don't know if any of you paid attention to the icon when you walked in. It's the icon of the Last Judgment. This is not a very intimidating one, but if you pay attention, it is a bit intimidating. But some are very scary. <laughs> Again, not because God's a scary God. He's the exact opposite. But because we have turned our backs on him, scary things can happen. Many churches, certainly not ours, but in many churches, on the back wall, that's the last icon you see when you leave every Sunday. And this great event, this summing up of all things, is a spectacle beyond which we can try to even consider. I've tried to think about this and because I'm a numbers person. And, and if you sort of put uh, some basic estimates in place about how many people have ever lived and the angels that are attached to them, you come away with a number that says, this is about how many people will be at this great event. How many of you, some of you have, have ever been to the Liberty Bowl? Raise your hands. You've been there when it was full. Yeah, that's a lot of folks, isn't it? Well, imagine, imagine you take every one of those people out of there and you build 10 similar Liberty Bowls in their presence and fill them up. That is sort of a beginning point to think about how many people are in this gathering at the end of time. We can't fathom it. But I think what's even more sort of sobering to us is that when you stand there, you and I will stand beside Bill Gates, President, our President, Vladimir Putin, LeBron James, uh, 
Amy Winehouse, we're all going to stand there equal. Every one of us will stand there equal before God. And the past tradition of our church is, in fact, that our guardian angel will be with us. And we'll each have an opportunity to be before God. And the past tradition is, in fact, that your guardian angel will say for you those six psalms that we say at the beginning of every every orthros service. If there was ever a reason to encourage you to come to orthros, that's probably it. Those are the psalms that are going to be said for you by your guardian angel in the day of the Lord. And what are we going to do when we stand there and, and our lives are sort of called up? Not called up to sort of beat us up, but in fact, to grant us entry into the kingdom of God because that's what God desires. He desires that no man should perish, that everyone should enter the kingdom of God. We know that he even goes back for that one sheep that was lost. 99 are okay, but he goes back for the one. He desires that we all enter in. So what's the message from this important, very, very important gospel passage to us? As it seems to say to some, maybe, well, I have to sort of earn my way into heaven, but that's not what it says at all. What it says is you love your way into heaven. You love your way into heaven. Our own patron John says that that God is love. We, We have not enough words to describe God. We can't do it. We'll never be able to fathom the depths of God. But if we had to pick one word, that's the word we would pick, love. God is love. And love is not something that happens to you. Love is something that you embrace and you live and you do. God love did. He created. Out of love, he created you and me and all that we see. And out of love, we respond to him and offer ourselves back to him. And we do those things that Jesus spoke to each of those who he deemed to be sheep, who looked like sheep, that made themselves to look like sheep. And he said, you did all of these things. They didn't earn their way to God. They loved their way to God. In fact, they loved so much that they didn't even realize what they had done. When did we do any of this? When did we feed? When did we clothe? When did we give water? When did we visit? When did we, when did we do these things? Because in their humility and their selflessness, they don't even realize that they have done it. Brothers and sisters, it's, it's good for us to do alms. It's even better for us to do them and forget it. Don't even think about it again. It's something that you gave. And so those who are deemed to be sheep that are on the right hand of our Lord have loved their way into the kingdom. Unfortunately, those who have loved themselves and have not shared love with others, because Christ said, you know, the greatest commandment is to love your Lord, your God, with all your soul, with all your might, with all that you are, and your neighbor as yourself. Those who have made themselves to look like goats love just themselves. 
and in a fashion even challenge God when he declares what's true. You never did these things. That's our message today. I don't think our message today is one to be fearful. Our, fe- our message is to be sober about what life is and what is to come, but not fearful. Sober so that we love because God loved us. And in that love, we share it with everybody around us. We forgive. We offer ourselves. Just like we offer ourselves to God, we offer ourselves to our neighbor. That's not necessarily easy to do, but that's what we're called to do. That's loving and sober life. That's what God asks for us. And there's great joy in that. There's joy in that now, and there's certainly joy in heaven. May we be people that love our way into the kingdom, and may the judgment be, it will be fearful, simply out of the spectacle but it doesn't have to be terrorizing to us and shouldn't be as our guardian angel stands with us and we say before the Lord himself, Lord have mercy because you say it many times and you have learned and and that should be, that should be how you live. Lord have mercy on my soul and brothers and sisters he will because he loves you. Love God, love those around you, worship our creator and beg his mercy in heaven and paradise will be yours. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God.